Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. We're talking The Amazing Spider-Man number 314. Hit it. It was 1989. The Velvet Revolution began in Czechoslovakia. The Mirage Hotel and Casino opened in Vegas. Driving Miss Daisy hit theaters, and Peter Parker had to fight crime and find his Christmas spirit after being evicted. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me is a Totally Rad Christmas all-star. From the Black Adder and Only Fools and Horses episodes, it's the host of the Bodacious Merry Britsmas podcast, Adam Parker Sybin. Adam, how's it going? Hey, Jerry, I'm great, thank you. Yeah, how are you? You know, uh, I'm doing all right. It's my day off, so it's it's always great. <laughs> good, that sounds good. First day back after half term for me here. We're just uh, back after a little break from school and now back into very busy, but exciting, you know, festive winter Christmas stuff all kicking off at school now, which is all very exciting here. So you you guys had a little break. That's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, we have what's called a half term, which is like a week off in the middle of a term. So you go from September till October, a little week off. So like six, seven weeks Mm -hmm. and then six, seven weeks till the Christmas break. Oh, that's actually that sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's good as as you know, uh, for students, of course, to get a rest and for teachers to get away from them. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, Having been a band director myself, I understand that very well. No, that's really cool. I guess that's kind of like spring break that we have, but in the fall, we don't we don't really seem to have anything uh, analogous over here. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's just a little sort of break. It works out generally around Halloween time as well, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just gives that little bit of a rest before the Christmas rush and all the exciting and, and very busy stuff that comes up in a school, like carol services and oh, Christmas yeah. fairs and all mm-hmm. things like that, which are all very fun, but a lot of work as well. Definitely a lot of work. Yes, I've put together quite a few uh, services and things like that myself. There's a lot of rehearsals, a lot of planning. Uh, yeah. And then just, you know, if you're printing out things as well. Yeah, I mean, the energy yeah. and time. Yeah, it's exhausting. But, you know, for someone like me, a Christmas obsessive, I'm happy, more than happy to do it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking Spider-Man. Uh, like, what's your your history or just your your general, you know, knowledge and experience with Spider-Man? Yeah, well, so it's a bit of an odd one, I suppose, because I've done British stuff, but being the host of the British Christmas podcast, I've come on and discussed British things. But right. as soon as you mentioned Spider-Man, I, my ears perked up. Uh, I, I share a last name with uh, the titular Peter Parker. Right. So growing up, it was Parker, and I had that sh- shared name. Um, and it, it started from very early childhood, just being a bit obsessed with spider Like, I was quite obsessed with superheroes generally, as many young kids are. Right. And Spider-Man seemed to be one that really just stuck with me. I think there was a little bit of, he has my last name. And so mm-hmm. we are the same. You know, I am 
Peter Parker, I am Adam Parker. Uh, and so there was that excitement. And and there was also um, sort of maybe hit the right time for me. So about 1994, the Spider-Man animated series came out. Right. Uh, the 90s one. And I was well, six, seven years old then. So it was sort of perfect age. It came on It came on over here. I think it was on one of our channels called ITV. Mm-hmm. And it was after school. So I'd get home and it would be on telly. So it was just hit perfectly that there was this TV show on about this superhero that I'd kind of heard about and, you know, um, it obviously in the public consciousness and just fell in love with that show. Is that show in the X-Men animated series, I think, oh, yeah. sort of on at the same time. And so those two gave me this obsession with Marvel that led to the next few Christmases being I want everything Spider-Man or X-Men related, <laughs> basically. And Spider-Man I've... seemed to be the dominant sort of character and figure in 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 that early childhood obsession so much so that um one of my uh earliest memories is of playing with uh, or memories from that time period anyway about six or seven was playing with my mom made me a spider-man base house thing out of a big cardboard box so she bought this i don't know where she got it from a giant cardboard box she put two levels in it a like pretend fireman's pole there was like webs hanging off of it we de- like drew spiders all over it, and then all my Spider-Man toys. I had probably about six or seven different Spider-Man toys would go and in, into that base, that house, and I, I had that for awesome. probably a couple of years. It was just completely homemade, but it was like my favorite toy growing up was this Spider-Man house. Till it got eventually, you know, so worn through use, it had to be thrown away. Um, and I was a little bit older. Right. Um, and 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 comic books were quite hard to come by here in Britain. I'd say I think we didn't have the same comic book culture in as in america gotcha. so it wasn't something i could really get my hands on readily so the tv mm-hmm. series was my sort of main insight into spider-man and then um there are a few like if you go to like a major city here um back in the 90s and the early 2000s there might be one or two comic book shops in around mm-hmm. uh, there was a small chain called forbidden planet that sold comics but you couldn't pop to a sort of store nearby and, and get comics um but um we went on a holiday to America when I was about 10 or 11, went to Florida. Um, we went back a few years over the next sort of five or six years. And every time we went, I'd hoard, I'd collect, I'd say I'm saving up all my money, all my pocket money, all my savings. If I do some jobs and chores, I'll get some money. And I'd go over, when I'd go to America, I'd find a comic book store and just mm-hmm. buy as many comics as I could. You know, Spider-Man comics and X-Men comics and other right. Marvel, but Spider-Man was my favorite. So I'd have a big collection of Spider-Man comics, sort of <laughs> random issues. So there's never any sense to right. it, it's just whatever I could find. Sometimes collections, sometimes single comics. If I found, you know, a flea market in America that I could right. just, right, I've got, you know, 10 for $2 here. I'm just going to get all the <laughs> Spider-Man comics and take them home. I know those so, well, um, yeah. Cool. It was a bit of a sort of, you know, haphazard obsession that sort of uh, followed me through. And then the film started coming out, the video games, just as I was hitting, you know, my teens. And it all it's just followed me through adulthood now as well. Right on. So I, I and I'm actually kind of similar. Uh, well, I First of all, let me say, I really do like that uh, that cartoon from the 90s. You can still watch it on Disney Plus now. And so I got my, yeah. my kids are watching it with me uh some of it's kind of dark yeah <laughs> it realize. is it's surprisingly dark i did watch some of it because of yeah disney plus when that popped up i watched some of that in the x-men series and i was like oh, i don't remember it being this creepy or scary and, and also how many other marvel characters pop up in it as well which is quite cool like look now yeah. with the marvel cinematic universe it's something we just but in the 90s that show had you know captain america coming in and all different characters popping up in the x-men and right that was really cool yeah yeah and so i mean and i was the same way x-men was always another one of my very favorites the cartoon same thing it was like wow this cartoon is awesome it's really close to the comics i didn't read spider-man comics as much but 
my very first memory of Spider-Man is watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends with Firestar and Iceman yeah, back in the early the 80s. the 80s one, yeah. And uh, so we would play like my cousins and I. So there were there was a they were both older than I am, but my the oldest he wanted to be Iceman, and the the uh, my cousin Belinda wanted to be Firestar. So that left me with Spider Man, which was awesome because I wanted to be Spider Man anyway. So it all like worked out really well, and we would just pretend, and we would you know the way you do when you're little, you run around pretending like you're webbing up, yeah, and stuff like that. You know, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, so so I have that memory, but also uh, I remember getting the superpowers figure, or not superpowers. That's uh, the the um, the Secret Wars. Yes, yeah, figures, yeah. Uh, you know, and and so I, I used to have that one and Doctor Doom and I think Captain America or a few others, and we would just fight, you know, and just make them fight each other. <laughs> but yeah, then in the in the early nineties, you know, comics, especially Marvel, X Men, uh, Spider Man was really huge because of his marriage to Mary Jane. There was like that big issue that I, I still have somewhere here. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, I remember they came out with those toys. It was a uh, toy biz, I believe was a company that, that created them. And so they yeah. had, they had all those, you know, and all his rogues gallery, which I mean, except for Batman, I think Spider-Man has like the greatest rogues gallery ever. Oh, agreed. Yeah. yeah. The most interesting, unusual characters, like again, a, a fun selection of animals as well. For him to <laughs> They're fight all animals. As a yeah. Spider. yeah. <laughs> and then just some very intriguing. My, my favorites probably, I think I love Craven the Hunter. Just something oh, about man. this big game hunter, sinister yes. figure that is out, just out for the hunt basically more than anything. Uh, but yeah, Batman definitely top of the pile for um, villains and uh, i can't think of many other superheroes that come close to those two really Mm-mm. in terms of villains you know that i i love i i really i suppose flash i quite like and he's got some interesting ones but not as many not nearly as many iconic right. villains compared to spider-man and batman well just just general population don't really know i mean if you were to say captain cold and mirror yeah. master and all that i mean they'd be like what are you talking about but exactly you say yeah. green goblin and dr octopus and and uh, the yeah. lizard and they're like oh yeah, yeah spider-man of course yeah yeah. So uh, that's one thing I love, but you're, you are right. There was a whole lot of uh, animal villains there. Dr. Octopus, the lizard, the rhino. Uh, yeah. The vulture. As the, well, vulture like the vulture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they're all really cool. Um, of course, most of them were designed by Steve Ditko. Yeah. Classic, just, just phenomenal artists there. Mostly known for Spider-Man and Dr. Strange. Of course, he went on later to do like the question and uh, the creeper and stuff like that. But but those were like his most famous Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Um, and really, he kind of got to the point with Stan Lee because Stan Lee famously actually created the character of Spider-Man, although he didn't have the design. He went and Stan Lee went to Jack Kirby to, you know, help design it. He didn't like his design. So he had Steve Ditko redo it. And Steve created the design that we know now, which uh, one thing that I did learn that I never knew I, uh, was that apparently it was going to be orange and purple originally in his costume. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And then they changed it to the the red and blue. Yeah. But, you know, Steve created that, uh, uh, he created that classic design that we know, but apparently his relations with Stan were a little bit strained. So Stan would just kind of create like what's called the Marvel style. So he would just write like a little paragraph of the story and then he'd send it to the artists. And then the artists basically would write the dialogue, create all the yeah. panels, do everything like that, which is a uh, very different from how it is nowadays where everything is super scripted. You yeah. Know, they, they'll say like the writer hey, scripts, the whole thing. Exactly. Um, so I thought that was really cool that basically Steve Ditko, he kind of co-wrote these things with Stanley. Yeah. Again, if Stanley was just the ideas, man, just, I've got a great idea. Here's <laughs> yeah. the idea. Chuck go, it at Steve. And then go, Steve go has to make work. something of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Make it when Steve, I suppose Steve did make it work, you know, the creative did, iconic yeah. characters from the get go pretty much. 
if you go right back to those early comics, you know, you've still got those. Uh, Chameleon was the first one he faced, I think. And then I think you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, and then the very early ones, I'm sure Vulture was super early. Yeah. Was super early. You know, all these ones that have survived, you know, none of them have died away in terms of they're still appearing in the comics and the films and the TV shows. Yeah. So there's obviously a, um, um, a sort of long lasting nature that Ditko created with them. Yeah, and and I'd say the only newer ones that really survived were maybe uh, Venom and Carnage. You know, the only real like ones with real staying power. Yeah, I haven't really sort of. I read a lot of the early comics, so I've sort of and and um, I got the Marvel Unlimited app. Um, oh yeah, you know that yeah yeah. So mm-hmm. it gives you every Marvel comic all the way back to the sixties. I'd sort of set a subscription up to that a few years ago when there was some deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's about, I think sort of 60, 70 pounds um, for me to a year, but it gives me access to every single Marvel comic. And so I reread using that. Cause I'd read a lot of sort of collected anthologies over the years and things right. again, where I could get my hands on them. Uh, right. But then when I had the, got the app about five or six years ago, I went back and reread quite a lot of those um early comic books from the 60s through to the 80s and 90s of spider-man and um again all of the villains i knew pretty much because they're just in the public eye they're in the cartoons and stuff mm-hmm. and then i did try to read some of the more modern ones with some villains and i was like i don't know who these people are is some <laughs> this, mr negative was the one that he sounds quite oh, interesting yeah. but he i think he was in the video game as well but again it just it hasn't really i suppose so maybe yeah. in 10 years time i'm not sure but um yeah all the classic villains are still the same ones like you said there's venom and carnage from the 90s and all the rest of them were 60s, 70s creations, I think. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I really can't even think of one. It may be Moreland, I suppose, from like yeah. the, but even then, he's not really, I mean, he hasn't really done much. So yeah, it really is just like Venom and Carnage are like the newest ones that have been attached to Spider-Man and everything else is from the 60s and 70s. <laughs> yeah. Again, I suppose because they're just timeless characters that Ditko and Stanley created. You know, there's yeah something inherently interesting about the work, you know, Doc Octopus's character and his personality or yeah. um, uh, the Sandman's issues. And so there's just those characters have just got um, something about them that you can't really match. Right. Or Norman Osborn and his, uh, you know, just his yeah. mental issues. I mean, that's, yeah, that's like one of the, the earliest characters really to kind of explore that, that, um, you know, mental instability. And, and so I, yeah. I, that's just really interesting. It's kind of forward thinking as well. And, but Marvel like back then, they were really were the house of ideas and they didn't, weren't afraid to tackle things like that. So, you know, Black Panther, one of the very yeah. first African. So now African hero. Yeah. Even just one of the first African heroes to make it into the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, Marvel wasn't afraid to, to hit those issues. And so I no. really, I really enjoy that, uh, that Norman Osborn. I mean, he's just, he's, He's kind of like Lex Luthor, but just crazy, which I really, <laughs> which I like. Yeah, super genius, but super crazy at the same time. <laughs> That's right. It's like Moon Knight, you know, Moon Knight's basically yeah. Batman, but also crazy. So, but also crazy. Yeah. So, I, I really. Spider Man like as well. Spider Man himself, he, um, you know, at the time I was reading about him earlier, just again, sort of catching up on some of his early history. At the mm-hmm. time, for a teenager to be a superhero, teenagers were sidekicks in comic books in the 60s right. it was robin and superboy and they were they were the sidekicks or the you know the teenage sidekicks to the heroes right. spider-man was a teenager without you know he wasn't a sidekick he was he was the hero even though he was a sort of what 15 16 year old boy in the first comics um and that was quite groundbreaking i think that was quite you know yeah. sort of which you surprised not to thought of it before really you know if you're trying to sell comics to teenagers have the main character be a teenager <laughs> exactly. it's surprising that they hadn't thought about that but it worked obviously because all of a sudden teenagers 
of finding associations with that. And again, I was a I was a nerdy, geeky little kid, even as a sort yep. of seven or eight year old. I was always a bit of a geek, a bit of a nerd. Yeah, me I was too. sort of kid yep. that you know, I like to sit and read, like to sci-fi, like to play video games, like to you know watch my cartoons more than yep. you know going and playing sports and whatnot. Um, so that spoke to me. You know, I saw Peter Parker. Spider-Man, I was like, yeah, that's that's me. That's the sort of person I, I am at school and, and probably will be. And if he can be a hero, so can I. And then I think what also helped was that uh, he had trouble paying. I mean, he had like real world problems. How am I going to f- finish my homework? How am I going to pay these bills on time? Yeah. You know, because uh, we lost, our, you know, my uncle, one of the, the financial you know, provider. So what, what are yeah. we going to do here? I'm... Exactly. Having a horrible boss and having to deal with, you know, issues about <laughs> exactly where my next check's coming from and having to struggle with yeah all sorts of things and then oh no uh you know the lizard ripped my costume now i gotta sew it back up you know you don't (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) you don't think about things like that with Batman. there's no there's no butler exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh and then the movies came out and uh i loved those toby Maguire movies i thought they were fantastic well the first two uh the the third (laughs) one yeah less so yeah (laughs) good uh, some nice ideas in it and and i think some interesting things they tried to do but yeah uh, yeah overall i did try watching it not too long ago again and i just found myself laughing in large parts which shouldn't really be happening it wasn't meant to be comedic (laughs) but i found myself laughing at lots of parts of it but yeah the first two films were like I, I remember seeing the first one in the cinema. I do remember going to see it with my yeah. a couple of friends, I think. Um, and and again, that excitement of seeing a big screen superhero, and you know, came out just thrilled. It was funny. It was adventurous. It was exciting. It was, yeah. you know, it was a big fun blockbuster action film for the family in a way as well, which is quite nice to see. Um, and I remember then when you know it. I think I went to go see it again, like a couple of weeks later with, I made my sister and my, at the time her, I think boyfriend and now brother, my brother-in-law go see it with me. I was like, they were, should we go see a film? I was like, yeah, let's go see Spider-Man. And they were like, you've already seen it two weeks ago. I was like, well, I want to see it again and you haven't seen it. So let's go again. Uh, yeah. There's that excitement. Yeah. I, and uh, I mean, it, that was one of those where the cast was perfect. I, I thought I thought everything about it was was done very, very well. I mean, Willem Dafoe as Norman yeah. Osborn, that, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, but then part two came out and again, it like just nailed everything. Dr. Octopus was menacing, but he he wasn't like just purely evil, uh, which he's really not in the comics. He's really not purely evil either. You know, he uh, he. I mean, there's, there's, you know, some actual depth to him. And I thought they kind of captured that pretty well as well. Um, But just everything about it was really, really well done. And so again, it was like, ah, they, they got it right. This is, you know, they can do no wrong here. And then of course, part (laughs) three came out. Um, yeah they, they, they <laughs> but, i think they reached for the stars a little bit too you know it's like icarus reaching for the sun or something wasn't it it was that you're going a little bit too above here i think they just tried to put too many people in so they definitely did yeah, yeah sort of tried to sort of stuff too much story in and and just you know the dancing scene is the scene that you know the scene where he dances <laughs> the infamous like, just why scene, yeah. like who who watched that back and thought yeah this looks this cool this, this yeah that's that's exactly what cool is and that's what we should be showing off <laughs> well i know avi arad uh famously wanted venom in there he was like venom cells put venom in there yeah and uh at the time they weren't going to it was just going to be sandman and and you know the the repercussions with uh the, the second green goblin yeah you know? yeah uh or whatever i forget what they call him like new goblin or something like yeah. that but but it was going to be that was going to be the the main villain there and um so they kind of had to just you know shove him in and they i don't know i think topher grace was miscast as eddie brock yeah 
there was just just it, it just didn't feel right to me. Um, but then they tried rebooting it with Andrew Garfield. And of course, we we had those two films and I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, like like the no. lizard I actually thought was was pretty good. Uh, again, part two, then they it also seemed like they tried to stuff too much into too it. Too much in. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's the same. It was exactly the same for me with those films. Exactly the same. Like yeah. they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're OK. I, I, I quite like Andrew Garfield. In it. I think he makes quite, you know, an interesting Spider-Man and Peter Parker. He's quite, you know, a bit sort of spunky and fun and lively. Right. And I quite like him as an actor. But again, it just it didn't seem to spark with me in the same way that the the first films and the, the, and the later did. films yeah. did yeah there was just something missing a little bit it was a bit I don't know, corporate a bit sort of structural about the films about the way they were put together about the yeah. way they'd been sort of created a bit too a bit too controlled almost a bit less fun and and, and exciting it also seemed like they were just trying too hard to set up the sinister six that they didn't mm. really focus on their movie they're just like oh yeah. well, this is going to happen it's going to be awesome but you know yeah. instead of check just- it all in exactly yeah yeah instead of just like let's take care of this movie we'll make sure it's the best one we can put out and then you know we'll we'll be able to go from there which i mean even marvel studios has done that too iron man 2 very felt very much like just a setup movie uh, yeah for the avengers and, and it really it was but <laughs> but uh now with um uh tom holland i really enjoyed his uh peter parker as well and i thought his yeah. version has been really well done Mm, again i like how they went so young with him i suppose the first two toby Maguire, you know even in the first going back and look at it he doesn't look that young like at the time (laughs) i thought he was young i don't know why but going back (laughs) and watching it i'm like he does he still looks like you know in his early 20s even in the first film when he's meant to be a 16 17 year old right um and andrew garfield again he sort of you know looks a bit like an adult trying to be a teenager a bit more young i think (laughs) but looks like an adult trying to be a teenager a bit too much big hair (laughs) stuck in his hair up and and whatnot and dressing in some young people's clothes but tom holland is an actual teenager or he was an actual teenager and he you know completely embodied that slight small nerdy geeky tiny teenager that perfectly in a way yeah he had that he had that awkwardness he had that uh you know just that that kind of nervousness yeah uh, that i thought was just amazing and of course think, michael keaton how can you go wrong with yes. michael keaton in, in <laughs> exactly. anything <laughs> no yeah i just watched beetlejuice again recently and yeah i love him in that he's so and then good to, yeah to batman and now in now vulture he's just he's he's great character he's a surprisingly good character actor i think i think people forget because yeah. he was batman and beetlejuice which are quite you know overblown characters i suppose quite over right. the top quite exaggerated how good of a proper character actor he can be how he can drop into a role so well right yeah, he's and, brilliant mm. and i remember him from uh mr mom i think that was yeah. like my, my <laughs> first exposure to a mr mom and then gung-ho i don't know if you ever saw gung-ho no i never saw gung-ho yeah it's a it's about uh like the american car industry where uh some japanese the businessmen actually buy them out and so they're going to close the plant and just make everything in japan unless they can produce up to the japanese standards uh yeah. it's really and you know he's like the head of the the company or you know like the head foreman or kind of guy and uh, so it's up to him really to kind of work it all out. And uh, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a good one, but never heard of it. Yeah. I'll add it to my list, my Michael Keaton list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then that one. And then of course, uh, part two was, was good with, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. I've been waiting for them to do Mysterio. So when that came out, that was super cool. And yeah. now I'm very excited for, um, this third one here as well. Yeah, I really hope it doesn't, you know, do a number three from the first <sighs> I do set of too. films and yeah. try too much. Because again, they're chucking in quite a lot, aren't they? They are. But, yeah. you know, 
I, I've trusted them so far. You know, I've, you, you've had to with what they've been able, with, with what they've done with the films and the characters. So I'm just going to have to trust them and go and see it. And fingers crossed, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> fingers crossed. That's basically all we can do. My one uh, sort of thing I was thinking about the other day, actually, I was talking yeah. to some friends about the Spider-Man films, about how you know Peter Parker is is especially when he's at first at school, he's he's, he's the super geek, he's the super nerd. Mm-hmm. No one looks twice at him. But the problem is. You know, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, especially, are super good looking, which I'm <laughs> they're both really good looking guys. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, at least Tobey Maguire looked a bit more normal, a bit more average yeah. Joe in a way. I don't know yeah. something about him. He's not, he's not ugly at all. He's a fine looking chap, but he's <laughs> a bit more plain looking compared to Garfield and, and Holland, who are actually very good looking people, which always makes me go, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's get not it. Not quite Peter Parker in a weird way, even though it is Peter Parker. It is, yeah, right. something about that always sort of makes me think he's too good looking for this. Which again, in the comics, I suppose he did get more and more good looking as he was drawn. I think as he grew up and became an adult. Again, reading right. this one, you know, he's drawn as quite a good looking adult, I suppose. Well, yeah. So, Blossoms. I mean, I know one of the reasons they kind of went for the um, for the younger um, superhero as well. You know, besides that demographic, you know, and hitting that demographic was also so that they could age him up as he progressed, yeah. which I, uh, again is like a really cool concept because that really wasn't done. It's almost like that that infinite, you know, endless time for most yeah. uh, comic characters. Um, but they wanted to see the progression and they did the same thing with the X-Men as well. Cause the X-Men were technically teenagers when they first started. Mm. Um, although now they're adults and have their own children and stuff like that. But <laughs> you know, in, in this particular issue that we're going to be talking about this Christmas issue from uh, 1989, <laughs> which again, you know, because of publication uh, delays and, and the way things work out, it's funny that the Christmas issue came out in April of 1989. Yeah. I noticed that yeah, on the front <laughs> cover. I was like, what, what April? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's just a, by the time everything's done and then yeah goes to- i think that happens sometimes because i think i'm again reading on the apps all the old comics a few times i've been like this looks like a a christmas ep- ep- issue but it's yeah out in june or something yeah exactly and that's that's and that's the reason um but you know here it's like he's already grown up he's married to to mj to mary jane yeah um and and mj is mary jane it's not uh, michelle or whatever from the yeah. marvel cinematic <laughs> universe but they're yeah they're actually married and and which is kind of very different from when they first started out, you know, they're in high school. MJ kind of has a crush on him, but also, you know, he's really more into Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think that's what makes Spider-Man so interesting is those relationships and characters that come in and out of the story. You know, you've got Gwen, the Gwen Hall, Gwen Stacy situation, what happened to her Mm -hmm. and how that affected him. And then all his group of friends like Flash and Liz, and, you know, there's all these really interesting characters that, make the world real and and make it seem a lot more realistic than your average superhero story, you know, as well as him having to deal with all those issues. He's got his friends and having to worry about them and they have lots of problems going on as well that he has to sometimes, you know, they're part of the story as much as, as much as anything else in the story, which I think fleshes out that character and that world to make Mm -hmm. it a lot more interesting. And, and, and as you said, it's, it's almost like as the audience grew up as well, you know, those kids in the sixties probably growing up in the seventies and eighties were growing up and getting married and and moving on with their lives and continuing to buy Spider-Man to an extent, you know, it was still very popular. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, he definitely was because he had a cartoon in 67. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, the, the yeah. very famous Spider-Man theme, which I, I I like how every single movie iteration has included <laughs> some yeah. sort of... <laughs> Can I get that riff in, yeah. Yeah, you just, you got to get it in, just that little minor blues. So, you know, there was that one. Then there was, um, uh, I think on the Electric Company, they had a, a brief, they would have like a few skits every once in a while mm. for a few years 
But then we got the Spider-Man TV show from like 78, 79 ish, which again, uh, I remember watching. Uh, so I, well, it, of course they aired before I was born, but I yeah. remember watching them in reruns and, and just like wanting, it was like, wow, the Spider-Man and he's like real, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was a live action one. Was that the, the it live was, action yeah. Spider-Man? Yeah. I've seen some, I've never seen the, the episodes, but I've seen clips of it on, on YouTube and stuff. Yeah they're you know they're of their time <laughs> of their time yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's about what you can say yeah um but at the same time it was kind of like it was around that time with wonder woman tv show and the incredible yeah. hulk and uh of course i think they also cbs also had shazam and isis on at the same time they were doing yeah. that made for tv dr strange movie the made for tv um captain america movie yeah the captain one i've seen that yeah <laughs> that's that's another one it's a fun watch yeah yeah that's another one that's definitely uh of its time but (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i i mean there was just a ton of those um those those ips those um comic ips that were just done as made for Mm -hmm. tv movies and i guess they just you could kind of get away with it without this the huge budget but at the same time it's like did it really work (laughs) i don't know i don't i don't know if i could say but spider-man went on to get his own uh cartoons yeah as i mentioned spider-man and his amazing friends and then of course uh later on he went to that 1994 uh, or 95 one which was was fantastic i I, again i thought they did a great job and one of the things that they and the x-men one did really well was they would take the comic storylines and and we'll get into this comic and this issue in a little bit but they would take those comic storylines and adapt them to tv and i thought they that both of them were very close to the source Mm. material yeah, they used it really well. Again, that was like you know things like the Secret Wars being used, and mm-hmm. um, you know I think I think Craven's Last Saga. Hunt, and yeah, the Clone Saga, and all those things. That I you know I didn't read the comics because I right. didn't have access to them for right. you know because they weren't here. So I found out of them through that, and then later when I went back and read the comics, I, oh, this was that story from that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was in that episode, oh, and I'd remember them from the TV show. So, you know, quite right. a, I suppose a different way around than most people might have done it if they read the comics first. Right. Well, and and Craven's. I'm glad you mentioned Craven's Last Hunt because uh, that's one that I would love to see live action. I mean, yeah, that's just just begging for an awesome. I mean, because it's it's just a classic storyline. It's uh, really well written, and uh, I mean, it's yeah, that would be perfect. But I yeah, don't know that'd who be I would, great. I don't know who I'd cast as Craven though. No, you need someone physical and quite you know uh, sinister as well. Yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell? No, not Colin Farrell. Gerard Butler, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that might work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone with this sort of intimidation factor about them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might, it be, might be too old. You know, Mads well, Mikkelsen? Do you know Mads Mikkelsen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, he might be a bit too old, potentially. But someone like him, potentially. Someone that sort of physicality and a very sinister sort of I, uh, vibe. And mads mickelson i really wanted him to be dr doom and then of course mm, he was just yeah. Julius, but but i thought he would have been a fantastic you know victor von doom yeah um but we're actually here to talk about spider-man this a particular issue um yeah. from april of 1989 so it was technically the 1988 christmas issue uh, <laughs> which is it's funny but um this 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 was an odd one uh because spider-man kind of loses his christmas spirit but there's no real villain I mean, there, there's like small time crooks, which Spider-Man's good at taking down small time crooks. But like I was expecting as I was going through it, I, I wanted like a just a big, big <laughs> villain to come in. And, and yeah, we didn't get one of his like classic rogues, which I thought was kind of. No, yeah. the villain is is sort of, I don't know, his own sadness, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. It's it's really just more his uh, 
<laughs> dealing and, and with his his Christmas blues. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and then a few <laughs> a few street thug rubbers. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I guess we can just go ahead and jump into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just on the front cover. Did you notice on the top left front cover? You know, they have like a little picture of Spider Man. And on the top left front cover is Spike. He's wearing a little. He's got a Santa hat. He's got the Santa hat. Yeah, and it's a mistletoe, and he's holding the tiniest present as well. So it's just quite, <laughs> I quite like they changed that for the front cover. That little, like you know, guessing still image of Spidey they usually have. Yeah, yeah, and I forgot the name. It's usually the, those little boxes that are done right above the, uh, the yeah. price and, and all that. Um, there's there's actually an actual name for that little box. I just can't remember it at the moment, but. Um, I yeah, I've always enjoyed when they've done fun things like that, or whenever they change it up. So like for the Avengers, their lineup, they would have the different you know, yeah different heads the different in there. members. Yeah, same thing with the X Men. Yeah, uh, the X Men. I remember some of them being quite different. Yeah, so you're right. So I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Sp- Spidey in a Santa hat is. I think I have like one or two ornaments from Hallmark with Spidey oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Santa hats. You know, hanging upside down with presents, things like yeah. that. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so the comic starts off and it's kind of a continuation, just like comics always are. It's kind of a continuation of a previous storyline where Mary Jane's uh, and Peter's, uh, the owner of their building. So I guess they're super or, um, you know, they're, they're renter. renter? Yeah, landlord. Uh, landlord, that's, that's the word. Yeah, that yeah. Is. yeah, they're landlord. <laughs> he had tried to kidnap Mary Jane. In fact, the only reason they got that <laughs> apartment in the in the first place was because he had like a huge uh obsession with mary jane and so that's how they they even got this this ridiculously expensive but you know relatively cheap apartment in the city and so he had tried to kidnap her and so this is where we start off they confront him they get him arrested and now as kind of revenge because he can't have the woman that he wants he evicts them (laughs) yeah the good old christmas eve eviction as well of all evictions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right yeah that's one of those classic oh no the yeah big it's like something of a yeah. christmas special or something <laughs> the people christmas eve yeah Probably scrooge yeah. very scrooge like <laughs> isn't it <laughs> with their little frostbitten teddy bears <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so his uh his lawyer is is handing them the papers and of course peter is furious and i mean he wants to hurt this guy even though yeah uh, I mean, there's not really much he can do about it. Holding back that spider strength, I think, when he grabs him <laughs> at that point, yeah. Which is one of those things which always, I mean, that's one of those, like, how do you hold back that kind of strength? You yeah. Know, so, um, like today, I, as I was taking my daughter to school, um, they have to wear the masks. But every time I put one on, my, my wife ties the end so that it fits my my two-year-old. Yeah. And every time I try to put it on, I always end up tearing like one of those little pieces there uh, and <laughs> so then she ends up having to use one of the masks from school yeah, from the school. extras that they have and so it's just it's it's funny it's like i'm not even trying and it's happening how does spider-man <laughs> yeah not tear doors off handles as he walks around <laughs> exactly you know it's him and superman i don't know how they do it but that's some, yeah some crazy self-control there uh <laughs> um so they're they're talking with the you know they they talk with aunt may and she offers them you know the there's a room, his old room that she never rented out that they can come stay. And Peter says, well, you know, we, we already have a place to stay. Don't worry about it. And really he's just saying that because he's kind of embarrassed to go back home. You know, he thinks he feels he's moved on. He's now grown up. And um, at the same time, he doesn't want to burden his aunt. Yeah. It's kind kind of a pride thing, kind of a little bit like, well, I I don't want to be too much of a burden as well. 
Um, and so a lot of the rest of the issue is him like trying to figure out where he's going to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And trying to, again, interacting with all of those those side characters, those extra people that pop up in, in and out of Spider-Man comics all the time. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Flash Thompson earlier because they kind of, I mean, they weren't enemies, but they were kind of antagonistic towards each other. And mm. even though they still hung out, but as time progressed, I mean, they ended up growing really close and becoming pretty good friends so much so yeah. that he is one of the people that Peter asks to, uh, to stay with as well. Yeah. Yeah. You see that change in their relationship, which again is, is the, I suppose the skill of a, a story being told over such a long period of time that you can have those character changes and developments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we we cut to which I think is supposed to be a play on J.C. Penney's. But yeah, I was about to ask you that. Yeah, is that a real J.C. Hurdling? Is that a real department store in America? I've never is heard that of, kind of, no, I've never heard of J.C. Hurdling. Uh, I've heard Penny. of J.C. Penney's. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been there when I went to America. I do remember that place. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, even those are already kind of falling. Uh, well, more and more places are you know going uh, yeah, online, yeah. but but I mean. Uh, I think it's supposed to be that. I'm not positive though. <laughs> Perhaps there's a place in New York called that. I've never heard of it though. <laughs> um, so he's like, and I love how it's owned by Howell Thurston the third. Yeah. <laughs> instead of Thurston Howell the third. Yeah, exactly. A, pro- a proper evil name that is in it as well. Anything with, with like the third and or something that just makes it more sinister. Even well, though he's not a bad guy, he's you know just being portrayed rich, in the yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly a rich you know don't care about people where just want money money money. Well, and it's a play on uh, the Gilligan's Island character as well, Thurston Howell the third. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, little little things here and there. It's uh, I don't know about Dave Michelini when he was writing this. He's like, uh, what's a, what's a good name? How about uh, I need a rich person name, Thurston Howell. Well, let me just switch him. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny there, but you know they're they're getting ready to what is it? Transport all the receipts and everything of the yeah. day to you know to the bank, take them to to the the bank's vault. And so he entrusts it to his aide, Clark. And I guess Clark is like the main, like physical villain of, yeah. the, of the story here. He's the kind of the upon, mastermind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the mastermind in a very minor way. But yeah, the put upon clerk, assistant to to the boss. Right. Um, I don't know. Was Clark, is that meant to be, you know, uh, Clark Griswold? I don't know. Is that, that was my very. I'm reaching, I think, there. But you know, that might be a reach, employee yeah. <laughs> at Christmas time. I was like, oh, whenever I think of the name Clark, though, it's either Clark Kent or Clark Griswold. They're the two names in my head. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, same thing with me. I don't know any other Clarks. Well, maybe Clark no. Clark Gable, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I suppose, but but <laughs> no, no, same thing. Gable. I usually think Clark Kent or, or Clark Griswold. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. Well, the first two Lampoon movies that come out by this time. Uh, the third one was uh, either just released or was about to be released. Yeah, about so, this time. Um, I don't know if people would have associated it with Christmas yet. No. But I don't know. Maybe the fact that he's kind of a a nerdy, weak guy. Yeah, puts like upon a, worker. It's like yeah. a jab at Clark Kent, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. There's yeah, a DC attack. That's right. Yeah. So he's he's in charge of it, uh, and I love <laughs> I love how you know he's like, oh yeah, I'll handle it, and it cuts to the frame of like just showing the gun in the briefcase, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> nothing suspicious there. I think he says, "I'm going to find this especially rewarding." Is That's what right. He says, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I like that phrase, "rewarding," just on its own next to the gun. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, half of the battle in uh, in in 
making these comics is just where you place your text. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the clever text. And I think there's some really good ones in this, in, of Marvel generally, but the way they use the text bubbles and use the yeah. um, you know, spacing on a page is very interesting. Well, and this was still that era where Marvel was, was still really creative and, and they were still unique and trying to do things. Like the last, I'd say, 10 years, they've kind of... Um, copied themselves over and over again but, mm. but not in the good way like not in the this is our method let's use this method more in the we need an idea how about civil war ii you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah same things over and over again right right but this and and i should mention because on that next page after that whole rewarding thing that's where we get the uh the the drawing of this this gentleman here and i, I love this drawing because it's like vintage todd mcfarlane so yeah. I, I guess it's, I should mention that this was that era when uh, Dave Michelini was writing and Todd McFarlane really came to prominence. Like this kind of kind of catapulted him to superstardom, his Spider-Man stuff. And a lot mm. of it was because he would draw Spider-Man in like these, you know, interesting poses. Yeah. You know, and, and so it was like very acrobatic. You kind of a little more dynamic you yeah there's this, that yeah. sense of agility and movement i think in in, in the positioning and it, again a lot more exciting to see on the page is his poses and movement there's a couple of like images and stills in here that i did think as i was rereading it like wow you know just what a cool looking shot of, of spider-man or peter yeah. parker as well yeah but it, but I, I you can tell it's Todd McFarlane uh, not only from his his Spider-Man poses but also because of the way he draws some of uh, like his everyday chaps and yeah. they just they the, with their particular style of nose with the you know yeah. they're a little, little bit bigger they're kind of broader and uh, I think I'm looking at the guy you're thinking of the I guy think, the, I think the, you are yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled it up on my phone on my app yeah yeah so the guy that's got his hat on did you see what was on his hat. Uh, no, I, what does it say? On his, he's got a baseball cap on. And it says, "Tell someone who cares." Is what it says on the baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> it's Classic perfect New- again. That little bit of characterization in that. Classic New Yorker. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> I love you, New Yorkers. Um, <laughs> but we cut to Peter and MJ uh, walking through the park, and you know they're they're kind of he's listening listing some of his troubles and and they're they're talking it out and she's she's like well no let's let's go ahead and go to the party let's have some fun kind of a thing you know i don't want to think about all this trouble that we're having uh and of course this is where we uh, again because you got to have a little bit of action in these in these (laughs) comic books here uh and so there's like a mugging going on and so peter does a quick change and we get another classic pose there with his uh i mean just the way he's bent, you know, it's like he really is swinging, you know, with his left, yeah. his right leg out and his left leg behind him and everything. And I remember when I was a kid and I, there was a brief time when I was a kid where I wanted to be a comic book illustrator. You know, after reading these comic books, I was a bit Same like, here. I, I, I can do that. And then tried and just couldn't math. <laughs> and I, I try and use images like this. Definitely like Spider-Man was one of my big ones I'd look at. And yeah. um, um, who else was the other one I used to try and draw? The Flash I'd try and draw sometimes as well, you know, for that motion. Nice, yeah. And I just couldn't get it right, though. Like, it was something about the legs and the feet and that movement. I just I just could never get it right. I could do pretty much faces, torsos quite well. Mm-hmm. As soon as it came to the feet, the, the hands, the the movement of the legs and stuff, I just, I just something about it I couldn't crack as, as a, you know, budding illustrator. So I, I changed to being a writer instead. I decided to write instead and now I teach English. So <laughs> it's yeah, all gone you, that way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So the writing actually yeah. kind of paid off. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was the same way. I, I always drew. I, I love to draw. Um, and so I would do the same thing. I would find some of these poses and I would start copying them. And, and I kind of 
the feet were always hardest. Yeah. Um, hands, uh, I, I weren't quite as hard, but to me, um, like getting the feet and the faces right were the, the hardest, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, yeah, but some of these poses were, I mean, there was no way that I, I could visualize it at the time. No. Uh, at least back then. So I definitely agree with that. And I, I feel your pain. <laughs> I even had a book, uh, which I think I bought in America again, one of the first times I went, which is like how to draw Marvel or something. It's one of those. Yeah. It was on like a binder type thing. I love it. I bought, we used that so much. And it had like, you know, all the different rules, like the rules of heads and the rules of shapes. And yeah. And it was, it was a great book, but it didn't make me any better. <laughs> it, was, it was fun to use. I used to, you know, just sit and draw with it and practice drawing heads and figures and superheroes of my own and stuff. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a Marvel style one. So it was, you know, drawing the Hulk and drawing Spider Man and drawing right. um, Captain America. So that was really fun. That is cool. <laughs> I remember seeing those because um, we'd go on vacation sometimes and uh, we'd stop in random shops. And I always remember, especially like if we would stop at like a Hobby Lobby or like a craft shop, they always had those like near the colored pencils. So I, I like, I've always preferred to use like colored pencils when I would color the uh you know all my drawings i didn't like yeah. to use crayons i didn't really like to use markers but for some reason colored pencils I, I i really liked so um we'd go to like specialty art stores sometimes and they'd have all those books that you're talking about that style yeah. and yeah they were always so much fun you know trying to copy it and, and learning about the shapes you know drawing the shapes yeah first, exactly yeah you know, and all that <laughs> um so he stops the mugging the lady is very thankful and gives him a little present of cookies <laughs> And again, the way she's drawn, something about this lady, uh, I don't know what it is with with uh, McFarlane, but his everyday <laughs> characters, they're just very distinctive. <laughs> That's the nicest way to say it. Yes. <laughs> Odd nose on her. I can say. Odd smile as well. It's quite a bit creepy when you zoom in on it. <laughs> it's definitely creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, it's on page nine if you get a chance to look at it. And it's uh, it's odd. I like how on the uh, page before as well, uh, the uh, references to 80s, um, um, uh, I know, <laughs> celebrities, yeah. he mentions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he talks about wishing to have bigger shoulders. Chuck Norris, Mike Tyson and Bridget Nielsen are the three that he mentioned. <laughs> I, I may or may not be doing that later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it, it is funny, the uh, all the references in here. Yeah, yeah. You can sort of <laughs> often tell a, a Spider-Man comic, especially by the references, because, uh, you know, he's a, such a, a, a quick uh, quick wit and, and sort of snarky jokes that he makes. They're often alluding to the, the, the amount of times when I was reading through the comics, again, I was reading through, you know, back through the comics, and um, mm -hmm. there'd be references to Donald Trump in the 80s and 90s about, like, you know, being wealthy. It was if you were wealthy, you were a Donald <laughs> Trump. And, and looking back at that, you know, funny. <laughs> from a modern perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, he used to just be a rich man. That was just, That's you know, it. Yeah. State tycoon. That was it. Yeah. 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 And then all of a sudden he was uh, on The Apprentice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so he saves the day. He, he was given, um, I think it was a box of cookies. Right. And so he's yeah. on his way. And then, of course, we cut to a couple of panels of uh, of that truck, you know, the armored car with all the, mm -hmm. the stuff in it, all the money. Uh, the money being uh, driven away and of course the guards are all tied up <laughs> uh, and then we have the and I, li I like this part this is like where peter is trying to like find where he's gonna stay and so he's at yeah. the, the christmas party and he's like talking to these different people and as it's literally just like a panel with each one and as he's talking with them it's just his inner monologue thinking well maybe i could stay with them no i can't they're doing this maybe i could stay with her no i can't <laughs> as well 
So like they even think of uh, Mary Jane's cousin um, because uh, I think Joy, it's it's one of the supporting characters that's not like super popular. Joy, yeah. I think Mercado or something like Joy that. Joy Mercado, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, it, you know, he's like, we could stay with her. Like, no, I already have trouble with MJ's cousin who kind of has a crush on me. So staying yeah. with another girl probably wouldn't be good. And <laughs> Everyone has a crush on Peter now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. He grew up. <laughs> not Not as awkward, I suppose. I realized during this scene as well, you know, how many of, of his friends have horrible things happen to them as well. Like uh, they talk about um, Joe and Martha Robinson, their kid is on trial because I oh, think right. he was rocket racer. Was that who I think you're was right. Or something? Yeah. He was um, on trial. And then late Ash, they talk about his place is trashed. Right. And they, they just keep mentioning people about how horrible things have happened to them. And they're like, it doesn't really seem well to do, uh, you know, a um, doesn't do well to be a good friend of um, Peter Parker. <laughs> well, and that's one of the the long running bits in the comic is the Parker luck. You know how he's yeah, got like exactly. terrible luck. <laughs> yeah, everything goes wrong about this guy to him and his mates and his and wife his and friends. His yeah, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... Apart from J. Jonah Jameson, he just you know rolls through it all basically. And I guess when he was on the Avengers, they had it okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so... had a little bit of. Like, I'm just reading that, but actually, I've just been reading that oh, series the new, of the, of new, the Avengers? new Avengers. Yeah, 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 and yeah, it's very different story storyline in it, first Spider-Man. Yes, there. yes, definitely. Uh, the, that whole team, that whole dynamic was was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed yeah. it, um, and I I liked it better than the stuff they did in the '90s for yeah. sure. Uh, the 90s I thought were great for the X-Men for the Avengers uh, yeah okay. Spider-Man went a little bit um, all over the place the weird <laughs> stuff about yeah trying to, again it went a bit extre- extreme I believe was the word that was thrown around a lot for that era of, uh, stuff. <laughs> in the 90s yeah everything was extreme yeah. in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, so finally he goes to Flash Thompson and Flash is like hey my place is trashed from uh, and I think it was from like the Inferno event that had happened around. Yeah, that time. yeah, my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like some demons attacked his place or something like that. But so he's like, I've been staying here at the gym, but hey, you can take this and I'll, I'll go stay at the YMCA. You know, no big deal. And so I was like, man, Flash Thompson and Peter's relationship really has grown from that. Yeah. <laughs> when we first and Flash has become such a good guy as well. You know, compared to he was, he was just an absolute bully to peter and just a horrible guy in the yeah. 60s and uh, start of the 70s and here well, he is you know teaching kids and and yeah. offering his place and all sorts well he joined the military didn't he and i think that kind of like straightened him out is yeah that what it was yeah mm. yeah because uh, later so, yeah. on after eddie brock is separated from the venom symbiote uh yes i've heard Fla- about that yeah it merges with flash thompson and so he becomes agent venom for a while yeah I, i've been quite i've never read that one yet but that's on my list to, to read i'm quite excited to read that it sounds quite intriguing it's definitely different, <laughs> but it's not too bad. No. Uh, so, of course, the armored car is robbed. Peter, uh, at this point, uh, he doesn't know anything about the armored car, but he's still very down. So he goes to Uncle Ben's grave uh, to kind of, you know, get some wisdom and just yeah. talk it out. And he sees. I love that um, splash page. It's just a whole page of him at the grave. Just him and at it's the just, grave, again, yeah. it's, it's just quite. Yeah. Nice to you know, it's quite an adult way of sort of showing a comic book, I suppose. It's just him standing in front of the grave. You've got the leaves and the wind behind him, and it's yeah. just quite you know striking as an image. I think you know to show that sort of thing in a comic book, um, yeah. and again shows the sort of character he is, which makes him more interesting and 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 um, more rounded as a character. I think. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we all have to deal with death and and losing a loved one, and yeah, uh, unfortunately for Spider Man, that's one that's kind of haunted him forever because he could have stopped, you know, his uncle's murder yeah. and didn't. 
Um, so there's there's like that connection there that's a little bit deeper than uh, some of the others when they yeah. lose, when they lose their their loved ones. Um, then uh, this is where Clark <laughs> after this. Clark kind pulls of that gun, yeah. Pulls a gun on his boss, and the, like, the, did you notice the sound effect? Which I wrote down. What's it, the sound effect when he puts the gun in? Poink is what it says. P o i n k, and he pushes the gun in the boss's side. And I was like, Poink! What a weird little phrase. I, I love the sound effects in in comic books, but yeah, they're always poink. interesting. Uh, so Spider Man uh, is his webs are characterized by that thwip, like T h w i p thwip sound. Thwip. Yeah. Yep. Of course, Wolverine is famous for his snicked. Sad, yeah, but yeah, there's there's always all sorts of funny. <laughs> I think there's a fun best, one later. You know? Yeah, there's a some sort of crash. I don't know. Maybe we'll kind of scree. I think when there's a crash. I think you're right. Yeah, I yeah, think it is scree. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I love the like you know whoever writing that. You're like, what's the sound of a of a gun poking in someone's belly? What's the sound of a car <laughs> skidding? It's great. Love it. <laughs> I don't know how you come up with it, but okay. Yeah. Uh, so the guards are they're robbing the place. Uh, they they take a a Santa like a department store Santa hostage of all and, the people they could take on Christmas Eve. Yeah, Santa Claus, <laughs> you know. I mean, no one's gonna hurt you if you got a Santa. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Peter uh, hears the siren. He catches up with them. Of course, he stops them, and we get some really cool pages of like the just uh, the guys wrapped completely in peter's webbing uh it's almost like a a horror movie yeah yeah you (laughs) see like him from above and then a gun and then strung up we don't actually see spider-man in those scenes it's it's quite it's almost a bit like you know how powerful he is how yeah how sneaky he is stealthy yeah 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 and you're right there is kind of a horror aspect to it which uh, if you're a criminal i mean I, i completely get it it's like you can't see this guy he's all over the place things are happening fast yeah, you look it's a bit up, Batman-like, you're... I suppose. It reminds me of Batman. It is, yeah, yeah. And, and I can see why. He really doesn't have to do much. He can just use his webs and kind of grab someone. And yeah. <laughs> you'd never know. But even the angles that some of these guys are, like, tied to the trees at, I mean, I felt bad for their backs. Like, they're <laughs> totally going to have some uh, back issues, I think. But <laughs> Yeah, they, they, should, they should sue, I think, later, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I think they could if they knew who he was. But, yeah, exactly. That's the uh, secret identity. Did you notice that one of them was called Kermit as well? I did notice one was called yeah. Kermit. Yes. Is, yeah. Was that a common name or was like, I've only met like one guy named Kermit. Okay. Yeah. In, in my whole life. Uh, so I don't know <laughs> if it's that common. No, uh, maybe it's more common to use. in, you know, in that area. But... Maybe. Yeah. Maybe 1980s New York had a lot of folks called Kermit going around. <laughs> I, I, I could be, I don't know, but I love the pose of of spidey after like he takes out that last guard and it's like that kind yeah. of crouching position and uh i mean yeah. it's just it's classic like superhero pose but at the same yeah. time you know he's there in the snow he's got the snow on tension. top of him yeah it's it's great and the issue overall wasn't super christmasy you know until the uh, end um but that within the snow there I, that kind of actually i really dug that i, I kind of got a little bit of like you know christmas carol vibes with the snow yeah yeah it is a cool setting. Yeah, yeah. So of course he manages to to take everybody out. It's just Clark left. Clark's going to run, and then Clark's taken out by the Santa that was <laughs> held hostage. Yeah, <laughs> and I love the Santa's line about hey, how uh, us heroes got to stick together. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I just picture like a thick New York accent, you know, like like a Brooklyn accent or something. Yeah, like. I think he says, "Don't mention it." Even don't mention it. You can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> And ho 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 dirtbag is what he says as well. Yeah, which is, he does, yeah. That, that's perfect. It's my Santa. That is there, yeah. Ho 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 dirtbag. Yeah. 
action santa <laughs> yeah that's we gotta we gotta make that a thing <laughs> yeah well santa's actually a, a character in in marvel isn't he, he? is there's he's he's in the comic because I, I again one of the things i was reading recently was I think the he's um, an omega level mutant actually yes the marvel comics compendium and it's all the different characters and santa claus is included and it talks yeah. about his backstory and even in the backstory it makes a little brief reference to santa claus the movie which I sent to the um, Santa by the minute guys. Nice. Um, and yeah, it has all his superpowers. And uh, I did read one, I think it was a holiday special I read last year and it was him with the gauntlet, um, with the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. The infinity gauntlet. Yeah. Becoming <laughs> yes. supremely powerful. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> his reindeer like taken out. And so he's got, yeah. he needs help delivering the presents. And so, <laughs> so they lend him like the infinity gauntlet and he yeah. kind of is driven mad by he's the driven power. Mad by power yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a that's a good one but in the end uh, iron man makes some uh, robotic reindeer and he's yeah, sent on his way. yeah. You know? <laughs> uh so peter you know he he gets out of his costume he's going back to uncle ben's grave and this is where he meets aunt may who apparently has been going there every year since uncle ben's death but never told peter about it because she you know christmas was a special time and you know he was always so excited she didn't want to ruin it like at all uh which that's like the quintessential, you know, motherly, you know, parental figure. Yeah. I mean, we try to protect our kids as much as possible. You know, we do things that if we're having, you know, money issues or, or mm. whatever, we always try to protect our children, you know? So um, the fact that she was lonely and miserable and sad and didn't want, you know, Peter feeling any of that, especially around Christmas time. I mean, that's like, that just makes me love Aunt May even more. Yeah. <laughs> and but, She's just the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is still when Aunt May looked like, aunt may and not like yeah Marissa an Tomei. old lady <laughs> yeah. uh but you know he's got the whole inner monologue of wow she's you know she loves me this it would be so much if if we moved in with her you know um she would love it it would make her very happy and yeah so uh he sort of stops thinking about himself i think here as well like i think you're right result, yeah but, you know my issues my problems and now he's thinking about her and right know, her offer <laughs> Exactly. So he takes her up on the offer and then we get like the most Christmassy scene and the whole thing. It's it's the, yeah. at their house. There's like a little party going on and uh, a perfectly conical Christmas tree has always <laughs> is drawn in these things. <laughs> of course, it's got to be fake. pyramid. It's yeah. got to be a fake. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Peter and MJ share a kiss and Aunt May kind of gets after them for not doing it under the mistletoe and. <laughs> And then that's it. Venom's and then in the, the cheesy. Year. I like the cheesy last line. The love is in here. Is that no, final line? Course, yeah. A, yeah, probably a cheesy, you know, <laughs> wink of the eye at the camera last moment, moment in, a, in a comedy <laughs> show. Isn't it? You know, you, you got to do it if it's a Christmas special. You got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that's the episode or the episode, the issue. So um, I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. I, I thought yeah, it it's fun. nice. Yeah, it's, it's nothing special, but uh, no, you know, still fun. Yeah, it's nice story moments, nice character moments. Again, right. it's it's the strength of the characters, even though, like you said, it doesn't have a great villain or great, you know, big action set piece at its centre. The right. strength of the supporting cast and Aunt May and, you know, that you, you, you care for that dilemma more so than you might in other comic books when they're trying to shoehorn in a, an episode, like an issue like this, where, you know, they may be, you know, not putting in a big super villain that you're waiting for. But yeah. because you care about the character so much and, and you, you know, know the characters as well that when you read it you you're engaged now i hadn't read the ones before that in quite a while but i was still you know feeling that sadness right. and that happiness and that sentimentality without may at the grave and him at the grave you know that was all right. still there for me 
and talking to his friends and engaging with them. You know, it was all it all worked because those characters have been developed over such a long period of time. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I like when they do these uh, these more character driven issues, you know, yeah. that, like they'll usually have like a big story arcs and then all of a sudden, you know, it's back to the you know, they need to kind of slow it down. Usually it's like a fill in writer at this point. Yeah. Dave Michelini has been on the book for a couple of years. I think it was like 87 is when he and uh, T- McFarland took it over. But uh, yeah, you just he nails Peter Parker. He nails everything about Spider-Man in general. And and uh, it it's a nice continuity from the the Ditko, you know, Lee um, early yeah. stuff. Yeah. And we, we didn't get a chance to talk about J. Jonah Jameson as well, but in this in this issue, again, he's anytime he pops up in an issue of Spider-Man, I'm happy generally because he's just one of my favorite non-superhero comic characters. He's a time. great character. He's ridiculous uh, in his obsession. But at the same time, it uh, he adds like some comic relief. Yeah, but also, uh, you know, the aggression that you kind of yeah. need. Uh, yes, I, mean, I love how he's excited about the party because it's tax deductible, is what he says. <laughs> so again, it's all about profit for him. It's all about money. Yeah, and um, I, I use him so I teach media studies at my um, school. I've just started teaching. Oh, okay. and we were teaching. I was trying to teach them about um, how news organizations have biased opinions. And, um, you know, they are, you know, 15, 16 years old. So maybe they're not fully engaged in politics. Then they don't really understand the right wing, left wing and how newspapers present that. Because it's just, you know, when you're young, a lot of them, a few of them knew, but not many did. Right. And then I I was had a brainwave and I talked about J. Jenner Jameson and Daily Bugle and his newspaper and how he presents Spider-Man in this negative way most of them had seen the films and knew the character and stuff and a few of them had read the comics and watched the tv shows as well so that was a really good way of teaching them about propaganda in the media and how you know a newspaper can have a political or a biased opinion present that to the public and that affects the public and the public then think that's what's right even though it's not if that makes sense it was really good it was really like you know the we looked at a couple of scenes from the, spy- the original Spider-Man films and a few comic book panels to say, you know, this is an example of, of propaganda in, in, in the media and newspapers. So, yes, learning methods. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so when I was a band director, one of the classes I had to teach was uh, music history and uh, music theory. So I, I guess two classes, but it was to kids that just needed a credit. They didn't they didn't know anything about music. You know, and yeah. they didn't care about music. They just needed a credit. So, uh, you know, when I first started off, I was fresh out of college and I thought I, I could do it, you know. So I started teaching them and you could just see their eyes glaze <laughs> over and they didn't care. So what I ended up doing was turning both into film music class. And then uh, from there, like using like film scores, we were able to kind of bring kids in and teach them a little bit of theory and a little bit yeah. of history as well. So uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's it's cool when like you see them actually kind of like <laughs> what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah when they connect to it yeah exactly with my um younger year group as well using comic books i used to use quite frequently so i'll take you know if we're trying to look for let's say we're trying to look for a metaphor or a simile or even learn some new vocabulary as well because some marvel comics have great vocabulary so i'll take a page out i'll photocopy a page or screen grab a page and put it on the board and then we'll say okay what what techniques are the writers using oh they use a metaphor oh look at that powerful word they use oh look onomatopoeia and we'd find all the techniques on the comic book page which is just more exciting for them to look at than maybe you know constantly looking at just novels and right. pages and pages of writing in English. Right. But still doing the same skills and looking at the same techniques. Cause I was saying when I was a kid, you know, I learned a lot of words in comic books that yeah. I'd never come across before. There's some really long words sometimes being used in, in Marvel comics that I'd never heard of before. And I'd look them up in the dictionary and then I found a new word to add to my, um, you know, um, my lexicon, my speaking vocabulary. Very cool. Uh, but it, it does make me wonder 
what would you say would be your hap hap happiest memory or moment of uh with spider-man Ooh, i think i've got a couple i think really okay. it's tricky cool. to narrow it down there's so many <laughs> yeah. um well i think one of them i sort of alluded to earlier was that toy when i was little that my mom made for me that mm-hmm. um spider-man action base it was just a bit of cardboard with some you know things drawn on it and and a few holes cut in it but it was my spider-man base it was where spider-man right. lived and and is like you know a bit like batman's Batcave, i suppose i created in my head spider-man's base but i played <laughs> with that for like two or three years and it was just absolutely loved it my mom you know just put it together in an afternoon probably to keep me occupied on a rainy right. day and it was one of my favorite toys you know they'd get me proper plastic toys i'm like well i want to play with my spider-man books and put, put my spider-man figures in there yeah um so that was you know a very happy memory as a kid it's awesome and um my other one's a little bit later in life well, um i um played um when i was got my playstation playstation 2 i think it was and i got obsessed with the spider-man 2 playstation game i think it was and it oh, was yeah. like you yeah. were spider-man right and you could it was like the first one where you could web swing across the whole of new york had been okay. programmed into the video game right yeah. i was going through a bit of a phase and of sort of loving i was quite i was quite again quite nerdy quite shy and i'd um had a friend that I'd sort of just made and he had this game and we became fast friends. We sort of bonded over that game because I'd go nice. around his house and play it. And then I bought it and he'd come around my house and play it. Um, so there was this sort of connection forged between the two of us. By, and we stayed friends for many, many years because of Spider-Man, the video game. That's so cool. Uh, it's funny how, you know, sometimes like the, the littlest things just like that can bring us all together. <laughs> oh, I, I, I need to add as well as a bit of a, a, a naughty, happy moment. Uh, I did once kiss a girl dressed as Spider-Man. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, I went to a fan's right dress on. party as Spider-Man. And, was it an um, upside down kiss? Yes. So okay. that's how I that's how I wrangled it. I, I sort of, you know, sort of asked for a little kiss at the end of the night. And um, she said, well, you've got to do it upside down like Spider-Man. So I climbed on a wall, hung upside down from my legs and, and got a, a little kiss, which is quite nice. Right on. I like it, man. I like it. <laughs> um, but now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little bit I like to call gag me with a spoon. <laughs> so this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of, uh, you know, usually uh, it's an episode or movie we watch. In this case, it's a comic. Um, so I know it's hard to do comic. If you'd rather do something from the show or a, a movie as well, uh, you know, that's cool, too. Just anything Spider-Man. I'm going to try to stick with the, the actual comic and I'm going to do my best ish tom holland impression we'll see uh but uh as a guest I'll, um, why don't you go first okay uh so i stuck with the comic as well and i just picked a line that i didn't like for for the character more so and the sort of stereotype of the sleazy lawyer at the start that kicks them out okay and and it's after spider-man attacks him uh, and again it's just something that sums up you know this litigation i hate this whole thing and again it's a stereotype of you know suing over everything and it's just that oh sleazy oh i hate that character what a horrible person <laughs> yeah and as after spider-man sort of or peter parker i should say grabs him and is you know then calm down the lawyer walks off and he says and i'm gonna do my sleazy voice hmm there could be a battery suit in this that's what the lawyer says as he walks up and he's like, oh, what what a horrible man. Like, what a disgusting character. He's trying to make you hate this lawyer. It's that it's stereotype of a sleazy lawyer. Definitely 80s sleaze there. Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. <laughs> I actually went with uh, the line that you quoted earlier. And the, it's, it's classic Spider-Man. But the reason I didn't like it was 
um as much as i always like those those times where spider-man is like okay i'm giving up you're the hero in general is just like i'm i'm done with it i'm gonna try to be yeah. normal uh at the same time there was a part of me as a kid that that hated that it was like no you're the hero you always have to be yeah. the hero you're meant to be the hero yeah e- exactly so uh that's really the only reason i picked this one bit so it's when peter's swinging he's gonna go you know stop the you know the little robbery and he says uh <clears throat> okay let's see if i can do I don't think I can do it at all, but I'm going to try. All right, let's see. Uh, I admit there are times I wish that radioactive spider had bitten someone else with bigger shoulders. Chuck Norris, uh, Mike Tyson, Brigitte Nielsen. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's very good. I felt like Tom Holland was in the room. <laughs> that's right. Tom Holland's here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, man. Uh, but, you know, I do have to ask, Adam. Um, G.I. Joe taught us that knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? Um, the other half of the battle is heroes sticking together, and that includes Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's, it's better than mine. Uh, mine is, uh, so if knowing's half the battle, the other half is um, is not staying with the cousin of your wife when you know she's got a crush on you. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice for life, I think, there, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Adam, it's been fun uh, talking this issue and Spider-Man in general with you. But, uh, you know, tell me about your show. Yes. Uh, so I do a podcast called Merry Britsmas and it's a Christmas podcast, but from British, from a British perspective. So it talks about British Christmas music, TV, a bit of film and Christmas traditions as well. So if you, uh, you know, are not British and you don't know much about British Christmas stuff, it might be interesting to find out things. Uh, but also if you are British, it's quite, you know, a hit of nostalgia. It makes you think about Christmas's past. Um, so you can find me on lots of podcast apps. I have an Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all just Merry Britsmas. So you can come along and chat to me there or find me on your uh, podcast app of choice and give me a listen. Right on. Definitely check them out. There's so many cool things that uh, I've learned just because uh, I know nothing really about British uh, <laughs> Christmases. Uh, you know, I'm from like South Texas. So to me, uh, Christmases are warm and yeah. uh, which is kind of kind of a pain. Um, <laughs> but there's been some cool music, some cool shows. Uh, Thanks. Just yeah, def- that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Definitely check them out. Yeah. <laughs> and you just uh so by the time this drops um because we're recording this on christmas podcast day november 1st but um this will be dropping in a couple of weeks um so by now you've probably had a, another new episode yeah i'm uh, gonna have a couple of episodes in november and a couple of episodes in december so i'll have four episodes out by christmas day um so keep an eye out for those ones in december and usually i put a bonus one just before christmas as well of christmas music um so there'll be two in november and then three in december uh, on the way nice and i always love your posts on the discord about uh some of the various items that you've picked up or seen or things yeah. like that uh, and it's just like i've never experienced <laughs> anything like that so it's really cool. weird weird british christmas food <laughs> and drink usually we weird you know our culinary tradition in britain is not famed for its um sophistication i'll say um so there's always interesting stuff i'll post about it on twitter as well if you want to see weird christmas food and and drink and and traditions i think the most i know uh, i knew about it before uh, some of your posts was fish and chips of course yeah. uh mushy peas yeah uh, and uh like like um sunday roasts you know that kind yeah. of thing yeah I've, I've had all of those in the last couple of weeks yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> those are like the the main ones that i knew about yeah <laughs> but it gets a lot weirder than that yeah <laughs> it, it, well i mean we 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 eat uh tripe sometimes so oh um, yeah no I'm not a fan of that yeah <laughs> i'm not my favorite either but if done 
correctly, it's it's okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll say. Uh, but thanks again for coming on. It's always a it's always a blast talking with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been brilliant. And on that note, I'm going to end it by saying, enjoy peace on Earth while you can, Spider-Man, because next issue, you'll be checking us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're feeling like Peter finding his Christmas spirit, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our brand new website, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. Later, dudes. It's Christmas! Hello, this is Adam from Merry Britsmas. I am a Christmas fanatic from the UK who thinks that the world needs to know more about the traditions, telly and music that helps make a British Christmas really festive. I look at everything from mince pies to Boxing Day to Wham to Slade to the Royal Family to Doctor Who. If you want to find out more about a British Christmas or you are British and want a hit of nostalgia, Check me out at Merry Britsmas. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all.